Welcome to Dear Husband, Dear Wife with Danny and Jenny Fuentes, a podcast about dating, marriage, and sex, where we break it down, keep it real, and unashamedly go there. Our goal is to foster a space that welcomes you to have conversations with us regarding these topics. And since we believe in seeking the truth about these topics, we guarantee to keep a biblical perspective in all things related. So go ahead and grab your favorite drink and or put those earbuds because it's about to get real. Hello. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. <laughs> We're way over Christmas already, but Happy New Year, everyone. It's been a while. It's been a pretty good while. Yeah. So we took a break because of the holidays, but then we got COVID. COVID. Omicron got the best of us. Got messed up with COVID. Yeah, the Rona was real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, welcome back. It's a happy new year. We are really excited to be jumping this new year with you guys and yeah, being able to be again present here in this place at Dear Husband, Dear Wife. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. So today's topic we are gonna start off um has to do with sexuality. So um yeah, basically the main idea is that sexuality is not the focal point of your existence or my existence. And so just want to really talk a little briefly. We want to talk a little bit about like manhood versus womanhood, <clears throat> kind of just kind of picking backing. If you haven't heard our previous episodes, we recommend that you do, but just kind of, um, you know, piggybacking from those episodes so that we can continue to move forward. I hope that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyways, blessings to you all. And so, yeah. Um, I guess one of the biggest things that probably um, the biggest lie that we've probably heard, especially is that you are powerful because you're either a man or a woman. Um, Denny, babe, just tell us a little bit about um, how that is um, basically what the world portrays that how are men made powerful or how does society paint a picture about men being powerful? Like what does a man need in order to feel powerful? Uh, money and women. That's pretty much it. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to know that like, you know, how many women you've been with or, have how many girlfriends you've had kind of thing kind of says a lot about you as a guy but in regard to women you know if a young lady has been has had many boyfriends or you know has done things with other guys then it's very frowned upon so how that got started or how that came to be I, obviously I have no idea but at the same time, um, it's just, I've always wondered why that is. I mean, I, again, it's, it's all about like how many, you know, how many girlfriends have you had or, you know, what, what experiences have you, uh, been through with women and also money. I mean, money portrays a huge, um, sorry, money plays a huge component in, in, in our lives and so we kind of 
tie our identity in in money. If we have it, then we feel like the top dog. And if we don't, then we don't kind of thing. And obviously that's not the case, or at least it shouldn't be that way. But that's basically how the world portrays um, us to be. Yeah. And tell me a little bit, like, how does that mess you up growing up as you, you know, you developed and became from went from a boy to a young man to a man? Well, I never really had... um like my dad never really spoke to me about these kinds of things and I remember the only conversation he did have with me was you know in regard to sex and he basically just told me if if a girl wanted to have sex then I had an obligation and to have sex with her kind of thing and if I got her pregnant then I was screwed like that's literally the conversation my dad had with me about sex um but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, um, you know, if you don't get these kinds of conversations at home, then then the child or the teenager or, you know, the adolescent kid is going to learn them outside. Hmm. And that's going to happen in a connotation that's only going to really diminish the young boy or the young man from what God views sexuality to be. Yeah, I think that's really important. We don't have kids, but, you know, um, <clears throat> I think Denny is making a really good point of, like, how these conversations need to start at home, and it should be a parent having a healthy conversation with, um, you know, the child or, or the boy or the girl. Um, in the case of my husband, though, my father-in-law just basically said, here is a condom and this is how you use it and you can go ahead and have sex. So I think in reality, it's it's basically <clears throat> culture, home environment, your faith, your values really, you know, determine how sexuality is viewed. Vice versa for women, you know, we have this society has this thing of like women have to look a certain way. You know, you have to have the Coca-Cola bottle. You have to definitely be... Um, you either have to be a pretty blonde or a pretty brunette. You have to have certain size of chest. Um, you have to have the booty. You have to have, you know, um, the perfect career at the same time. If you don't look like a model, then you're probably not it. You have to be a certain height. I mean, there's a lot of expectations with women and sexuality that, you know, society portrays. And a lot of these young women and kids nowadays basically dictate what sexuality is based on social media and what they're seeing on Instagram, what they're seeing on TikTok, what they're seeing on, I don't think many kids do Facebook, but if they do Facebook um, or what's that other one? I forget. I don't know. Like there's so many resources to social media, Snapchat, there we go. <clears throat> and even YouTube, you know? So I think for women, our sexuality is found on the way that we look, quote unquote, that's what society says. And it's also found on to some extent the older you are it's found on your career and it's found on whether you are a successful wife or mom um but like danny said also like it's frowned upon if there is a lot of sex um or you've slept around you know that's not the way that you're you're created as a woman in fact unfortunately there's so many 
slurs that are said about women when they sleep around. So um, today's episode in reality, what we wanted to talk about, it's just how the reality of sexuality is that we are not powerful. I'm not more powerful than Danny because I am a woman. He's not more powerful of a man because he is a man. And our sexuality doesn't give us any authority at all over each other or over a certain gender. But in fact, our authority is found in Jesus. Like Jesus is the one that gives us that authority. And we are simply powerful because we are made in God's image. And so I guess the second question that I have for my husband is, babe, how did, how did you, how did, what did you have to do, especially like growing up, knowing that you had, I remember like you had a certain perspective also of like what made a man um, because based on what your dad had said and whatnot. So you grew up being more of a flirt and whatnot. Um, when I met you, that's what you were. Um, how did that change? How did that point of view change to when you finally encountered like a relationship with God and you found your identity in God and no longer on how many girls you were messing around with or um, on your cars or anything like that? Um, well, it, you know, it just... The, the Lord definitely showed me how it was wrong for me to have lived that kind of life. Um, thinking back, I know that I definitely did a lot of things I shouldn't have done, and I exposed myself to a lot of things I shouldn't have. And a lot of that plays a role into the things that I, that I now find myself, you know, fighting with, struggling with. But those components, when I came to fully surrender, I then saw what I was doing wrong. And the truth was, was that I basically did not see um, the opposite sex as something that God made. Hmm. I, you know, took that to my advantage as best as I could and I did with it what I what I saw was okay for me or you know and I did what I desired and thinking that I was not hurting myself I actually did you know in fact only damage myself equivalent to the a kind of damage I was inflicting Hmm. so it just it made me see that what I was doing was wrong. And not that's not to say that I didn't know, because I knew. But again, it's like, it's weird. I think when you, I think it all comes down to your relationship with, with Christ. If you have a really, really deep relationship with Christ, you're very sensitive to the things that you do. Hmm. And you can sense and feel if you're doing something wrong or if you're doing something you shouldn't. Or if you did something and you really feel guilty, like you can sense all of that. The conviction. Yeah. But if you don't have that kind of relationship, then you won't feel it. You'll know that it's wrong, but at the same time, you're like, whatever. And you Mm. just keep going. And so obviously I didn't have that kind of relationship at that time. Therefore, I didn't feel bad. I knew that it was wrong just because I was going to church at the time and obviously... You know, at least in my mind, I was just a, you know, giant book with a bunch of things that you can do and that you cannot do. Mm. 
and <clears throat> a lot of sexual stuff before marriage was an obvious, you know, can't do. And so um, that was that was my um, that was my experience before then. And so until I fully surrendered, then I realized, okay, like I I definitely hurt a lot of people. Like I didn't just take advantage of this one young lady, but I actually, you know, I really did some damage. And so um, it wasn't until after I fully surrendered and, and chose to have an actual relationship with Christ that I saw, okay, I got to definitely change a lot of things. Yeah. So what makes you, now that that narrative has changed, I guess the question that I want to ask you is, what makes you a man now, nowadays? Like, what do you define as a man um, in your sexuality? And, you know, we, we talk about how, or we basically just made a very, or I made a very uh, simple statement that said that you're not powerful because you're a man, but you're powerful because you're made in the image of God. And, you know, your sexuality doesn't give you authority, but Jesus does. So I guess my question to you is, now that that narrative has changed in your life, going from who you were to that back then to now, um, what's your new narrative? What's the narrative of what makes you your sexuality? What makes you powerful and what makes and gives you authority? I think um, whatever it is that I can obtain um, in regards to manlyhood, whatever, uh, for any future father or any father out there, um, husband, I think it just comes down to what, what we allow in our relationship with Christ. Hmm. I mean, God definitely defines us, you know, cause he created us. So he knows exactly who we are and what we are, but we, you know, as human beings, as people, don't always have the the ability to see that because we could still be struggling with, well, this is what the world defines as, as a man. So why does it look the opposite in regard to how God sees it? And so I think it just comes down to that relationship. And to and to definitely to take it as our own, yeah. And to and to not be afraid. I mean, it's it's going to be opposite of what the world says, and it's not going to look the same, and it's not supposed to because it's what God says we are. And so, if God says, "Danny, you're you're a man," but I've also made you sensitive at heart. And you're gonna cry if you see a dog hurt, kind of thing. <laughs> then, then that's what I have to believe. That's what I have to take as my own, and not be afraid of that. You know, if I choose to veer away from what God sees me to be, then I will just become cold-hearted. Yeah, and just you know, I will start to look a lot more like what the world says I am. And I will start to then portray the things that that a man should in regards to what the world says. You made a really good statement right now. Like, it's not going to look the way that the world portrays it. And I think that's that's the truth. We have this expectation because the world says, 
this is how a man should be and this is how a woman should be. But in reality, we are one with Christ. You know, I, I think of of God and and um, just who he is and the way that he created us. He created both men and women, right? We see that in Genesis. Um, and today when I was reading, I was reading scripture today and and, and I'm, I was camping on the story of Noah and I realized something and I think it's in chapter nine or in 10 where it says like, you know, finally they get out of the boat, right? They get out of the ark and he talks about the rainbow and how it's a promise that's being made that God will not destroy all of humanity ever again or even any living creature um, through flood anymore. But in that little paragraph of when he's making that promise about the rainbow, he also points out and says, the writer points out and says, even though God knows that the man of heart is basically evil, like he knows that. And so he's still making a promise to us that he will not destroy mankind that way anymore because we were made. And then it follows on by saying, because we were made in the image of God. So <clears throat> I think it's like this beautiful thing to embrace who we are and the way that we were created with our flaws and also, you know, with um, the things that we do like and don't like about ourselves. Like for women, I really encourage you to really embrace your little quirks, your, you know, I'm short. I, I'm five one, you know, I'm not ever going to be tall. And so if I gain a little bit of weight, I'm going to look more little stout than, than anything else, you know, um, but embracing my curves, embracing who I am, not letting go, obviously, and trying to maintain myself being healthy, but, you know, just embracing who I am and embracing that, you know, if for some girls, like it's your smile, you're not confident about your smile or you're not confident of the way that you look, like embracing that and embracing that you were created in the image of God and that you're beautiful and wonderfully made. You know, Danny speaks about emotions for men, embracing those emotions as a man, being able to be vulnerable, to be able to cry, to be able to have conversations with other men where you're not being judged because you're shedding a tear over something that, you know, moved you. So I, you know, we really just want to encourage you, um, first and foremost, like this episode is really for the individual more than it is for like a couple or anything like that. And I think the reason why we're talking about this or why I wanted to talk about this, it's because so many times we enter into relationships, into marriages, into dating, believing certain lies and expectations that the world has placed upon us. And we believe that for women, if I dress sexy, he's going to like me. If I give in to sex, then I have him. And vice versa for a guy, the lie and the pressure of like, oh, if I'm a, I'm a douchebag, then, you know, I'm going to get the attention that I want. Or if I act like all rico suave and whatnot, like, you know, everyone's going to be there. When in reality, it's the sensitivity, it's the image of God that we should be portraying. So for everyone out there who is married, who is dating, who is single, we all, what we want to say is that your sexuality is not what makes you powerful. You're no more powerful because you're a woman and you're no more powerful because you're a man, but you're powerful because God has given you authority and he has, you know, created you in his image. And so embracing that will make you a confident individual as you enter into relationships. You know, um, a lot of the times, a lot of the conflict in marriages is low sense of humor. 
you know, um, not sense of humor, sense of, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that too, there's, that there's too. No laughter in marriage <laughs> But um, low sense of, um, what is it called, babe? Like self. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. There we go. You know, and we try to look for self-esteem on other people when, when reality, you know, I saw this, um, I saw this on a video. I can't remember who was saying it, but someone said, you know, like we try to find our, I think it was a psychologist who was saying we try to find our self-esteem on oh, others. No, it was, uh, Will Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. I know this is so this is so random, but Will Smith dropping some wisdom. I will say that um, Will Smith said that we try to find our self-esteem through others when the word is self. Like it needs to be found on us first. Like really, in reality, it's knowing who you are and your identity and honing on that. Um, that's what's going to make you. Uh, an individual that's going to be attractive. That's what's going to make you a individual who's going to be happy in your relationship because you're no longer putting the pressure on your husband. You're no longer putting the pressure on your boyfriend, but you're putting, you, you know, it's on you. It's you taking full ownership of that. And so, you know, it's just, I wanted to just remind us of that. And, and basically we wanted to just remind you all that your identity, like my husband says, your identity is found in God and you need to change your narrative if you're believing all these other lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say, babe? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, again, it's one of those things where we just have to constantly remind ourselves that we cannot look like the way the world wants us to because it's it's not what we were made to do yeah so you know the more we allow ourselves to to be like you know like the world then we're gonna behave like it we're gonna we're gonna become cold-hearted we're gonna become insensitive we're gonna turn into douchebags <laughs> and we're gonna say a bunch of things that are just gonna hurt and destroy other people and that's not what we were intended to do so yeah, there is more to you than your sexuality, than you being a man or a woman. There's a lot more depth to you than from the idea of checking a box that says I'm a female or a male. You know, your sexuality is not the focal point of your existence. It's a part of your existence, but it's not the focal point and it shouldn't be the focal point. You know, there's more to you than just your sexuality. There's more to you than just being a man or a woman, a girl or a boy, or a wife or a husband, or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. There's a lot more depth to you. And you can only discover that depth by, like my husband said, you know, really diving deep into intimacy with God and getting to know what God says about you. So, yeah. We encourage you that if you want to talk a little bit more about your sexuality or, um, you know, if there's some questions you have regarding your sexuality, you know, we recommend that you find a community that you feel safe to be able to have those conversations. Feel free to email us. We would love to, you know, just get to touch base with you too um, and respond to you. And hey, as the new year progresses, you know, we're, we're, we have a couple of things in, in, in our bag that we've been kind of marinating on, but... Um, yeah, we want to encourage you to just really, really um, be in touch with your spirituality, too, um, as you 
embrace your existence and, and who God made you to be. Um, so we will be going live on Instagram this week. So uh, this is news to me. So <laughs> just so you know, guys, I'm literally hearing this for the first time. Well, um, one of the things that I want us to start doing is going live on Instagram um, on Thursdays. So um, we'll be going live on a Thursday evening just for 20 minutes, or not even, I don't even know how long, five minutes, whatever, just to like kind of give you a little synopsis about the podcast if you haven't yet listened to it or anything like that. Um, and maybe answer any questions you might have. Um, that's what the lives are for. So um, look forward to seeing us at Danny and Jenny. All right, that's our Instagram handle. Okay, I guess we're going live now. <laughs> All right, That's how we do it. All right, y'all. Wait, wait. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful um, week. Yeah. Don't get COVID. Yeah. All right. Well, you can hear our dogs are already crying because it's about to feed dinner time. So blessings to y'all. All righty, guys. Adios. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. We really enjoyed hanging out with you. If you really enjoyed hanging out with us too, then we ask you for one simple favor. Go ahead and leave us a review and let us know how we did. We thank you so much and we really appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you next week. Adios.